Wrong Way River Lodge and Cabins is a new urban cabin campground right on the French Broad River Greenway in West Asheville, North Carolina. Slated to open in just a couple of weeks, Wrong Way is a first-of-its-kind lodging option in Asheville. It's unique in the hospitality space as it pulls the best qualities from several traditional lodging types like campgrounds for their simplicity and nostalgia, hotels for their comfort and group amenities, and Airbnbs for their efficiency and originality. Wrong Way is joining the vibrant outdoor scene along the French Broad River Greenway where guests will be able to walk out of their cabin front door to experience the river and greenway just across the street as well as walk to rock climbing facilities and several recreational parks. The location is also within easy biking distance to retail shops, artist studios, restaurants, the pubs of Haywood Road, the River Arts District, and downtown Asheville. In this episode, owners Joe Balkin and Shelton Steele drop by the studio to hang out and talk about their love and vision for Wrong Way, the transformational qualities of the outdoors, and the intentionality of creating a sense of place. Joe and Shelton are former whitewater raft guides turned trailblazing entrepreneurs. They came up with the idea for Wrong Way over the shared desire to get back on the river and encourage others to connect with the outdoors, have inspiring experiences, and experience a little local culture. This was such a cool episode to record. I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. Well, I'm extremely excited to have Shelton Steele and Joe Balkin in the studio with me today. Uh, we are going to talk about the Wrong Way River Lodge and Cabins, which is an amazing urban campground right on the French Broad River Greenway in West Asheville. It's under construction right now, soon to be opened. And I'm extremely excited to have you, but I appreciate you guys being down here because every single day from dusk till dawn, it seems like you're either in the office working on stuff or working on stuff on, on the property. So welcome to the show, guys. Really good to have you. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Great to be here. Absolutely. Feels good to be talking to you right now. <laughs> I bet it does, man. Just sitting in a little basement, a little cool, cool, cool air, a little beer. Chilling, that's right. Yeah. And this is our first podcast that we've ever had beer, myself and all of our guests. So. Oh, oh. Now it's, Shelton brought now those. It's out so there. Cheers. Yeah, cheers okay. to all. Yeah. So this is going to be a good one. So if it gets a little sideways, we'll try to bring it back. But no, I doubt it because we're just on number one. Thanks for laying the groundwork for that, the excuses. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. All right. So we're going to talk about all the amazing things. We're going to talk about the property. We're going to talk about the actual structures, which are so unique um, in both their design, but also the elements that are going inside of it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about your vision and mission and all of that. But before we do, Let's sort of tee it up with how you two came along with this idea, because this is a really cool idea. Well, I'm going to point over to Shelton because he was the original vision of this idea. Yeah, I, I, my joke is, you know, brown liquor brainstorming. So I, my friend of mine, Austin, Tyler, and I were camping with our kids on an in-town piece of property, and we're sitting around after the kids had gone to bed and the question was that I asked, why can't you camp in Asheville? Like, where is, where's the place to stay that feels like uh, Asheville's outdoor personality? And so I started chasing that question and I fell in love with the big piece of property that we were on, but it was the one that got away. Ah. It was too big. Um, so it turns out that this 
piece of property that we built on is right behind my house. It's a half mile from my house. And it's the one that I'd driven by over and over again and just never noticed it. I kind of bushwhacked through it one afternoon, literally had a machete in hand to chop my way through it and kind of figured, hey, maybe this might work. It's small, but it was in the right location. That's kind of where I started pulling at the string. And fast forward, Joe and I were playing soccer one evening, uh, adult soccer, over 40, so the old guy league. (laughs) And um, we've known each other for over 20 years playing soccer and had a lot of fun life experiences together, kind of come in and out. I I lived outside Asheville for a while. And so reconnected on the field that evening. I mean, in five minutes, we were both just exactly in the same place in in work life. We're just ready to push off and do something independent of what we'd been doing we both synced up and joe grounded the big idea with a path forward and here we are all yeah. right so that's shelton's version now <laughs> when you when you first heard this what's going through your brain i mean you know he got me out to the piece of property he said you know let's go look at this thing and i went out and looked at the property i said you're crazy <laughs> <laughs> you want to put a campground on this postage stamp it was 2.2 acres uh Mm -hmm. steep slopes partially in the floodplain split zoned residential and river i mean no wonder it been sitting there you know vacant undeveloped for decades Mm. Uh, millions of people drove by it Mm. and said you can't build anything on that and i'm sure there were plenty of very capable developers that looked at it more closely than a drive-by and said the same thing um but the location is awesome and it's just getting better with all the activity on the greenway being right across the street from the river and Mm -hmm. a river put in four recreation parks or what will be for what recreation parks when karen craig nolan comes online um, it's just an amazing location. And if we could solve all those problems that I described, that's what we'll be left with is an amazing location. So we, we started kind of brainstorming on ways to solve those problems. It was a, an exercise in space utilization mm-hmm. everywhere from like, where do you place the structures? Where can you place the structures? Uh, and then once you drill down into the structures, can we get a bed in? Can we get a couch in? Can we get a, you know, a bathroom in? So every inch of that 2.2 acres was a space utilization. Yeah, I think there were, there were like 38 renditions, iterations of the site plan. Wow. So I, we're, how to I think fit, we tapped into 40. We, 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 get we to 40. broke into the 40. I mean, you know, just tweaking things to make them fit on this piece of dirt. And, and, you know, if you, so, you know, Joe and I clicked together, partnered up, took this thing on. It, we, we had it under contract for a year. And that was due diligence was just an ongoing exercise of trying to solve these problems and make sure that it was viable. Um, and so by the time that we closed the land, um, we had raised just enough money to close the land. Wow. And then we then leveraged the land as our asset to raise more money. And then we spent the better part of the following year raising money and, you know, designing all the cabins, the walkways, the walls, the lodge. Yeah, I mean, for everybody that's following along from a timeline perspective, 
um, we went under contract. Shelton went under contract um, for the land in, at the end of 2019. You know, there's an auspicious yeah. something coming yeah. up yeah. right after <laughs> he closed. So we, you know, we were in due diligence to start for 90 days, typical due diligence. And then COVID hit and it just blew everything up in terms of do we actually want to do this? Can we do this? Is there going to be lending available? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a lodging concept. Do are people going to travel? Are people yeah. going to stay places? Are people going to come? Is, it, is the idea vacation? viable? Yeah, right, exactly. With the COVID climate. Yeah. So you know, there's a good bad story here in that COVID allowed us to have a little bit more runway with our due diligence because we were able to delay that 90 days into you know an extension and extension extension. And it gave us the space to iterate on our plans mm-hmm. and then also enough time to see people getting back outside and wanting to be outside instead of inside. That's right. And, you know, after, let's say, we got back into the spring of 2020 and everybody was wanting to get outside. And when they were vacationing, they wanted to be outside. Mm-hmm. And when they stayed some there, somewhere, they wanted to be outside. So our model, even though it came to be in our heads prior to COVID, it looked like it was shaped by COVID. Wow. Because it is an outdoor-centered lodging business where we want to get people outdoors. And we connect them to the outdoors, not only through our location, but through our experiences, our personality, and uh, that's what people wanted. And we saw that and said, you know, pedaled in the metal. Let's go. Yeah. Gas it. And y'all are both, in a roundabout way, sort of products of this area, too. So you're mm-hmm. raft guides. You've been in the outdoor industry, I mean, for most of your life, I guess, your most of your adult life and probably growing up, too. Yeah. And so you bring all of that element you're talking about. And I definitely want to tap into the, the experiences piece mm-hmm. uh, because you have two sections on your website that I think are remarkable. So we'll, we'll tap into that for sure. But let's talk about the property itself. So let's give a visual. Like, if we're driving down the road in Amboy, what are we seeing and what will we see when we pull on property? You want to take that storyteller? You, you got it. Okay. All right. So Amboy Road is – it parallels – the greenway and the greenway parallels the river so our piece of property is across the street from the greenway and the river as i mentioned we're 100 yards from a river put in on the greenway and there are currently three recreation parks along that greenway connectivity uh, soon to be four and uh, our piece of property is um, you know it will be 1.8 acres and there are 13 cabins on stilts, right? And that's one of the problems that we had to solve for getting those cabins along the road out of the floodplain. So we put them on stilts uh, to get them out of the pl- floodplain and you park underneath just like a beach house model. Mm-hmm. Right? So ever, all those 13 cabins have dedicated parking underneath them. And then you access the cabin pathway behind that on a pathway through you kind of get up to it on uh, shared stairways they're all a-frames on stilts so it's pretty striking as mm-hmm. you drive down amboy absolutely and see 13 a-frame cabins on stilts elevated anywhere from you know 14 to 16 feet above your head 
Um, that's our best marketing is when you drive down and you see all these A-frames on stilts. It, it's pretty remarkable to see that. Behind that, we have three more cabins, deluxe units. They've got dormers on them, a little bit more space inside, a little bit different floor plan, but the same kind of footprint, uh, 354 square feet. So they are efficiency cabins, right? We've got queen beds, queen sleeper sofas. Um, we call it a dry kitchen with mini fridge, microwave, and hot water kettle with coffee and tea. But all of that is anchored by a river lodge mm -hmm. that's a communal structure. It's 1,200 square feet footprint. It's got a bottom floor for an event space. The main floor is what we call our canteen. So it has a cafe and a bar, uh, lounge seating, uh, some retail space with gear, supplies, provisions. Mm -hmm. And then the loft space has a eight-person conference room. All of those internal spaces are connected to outdoor spaces. So mm. again, our way of getting people outdoors. So the event space has an outdoor patio. The main floor of the canteen has an outdoor deck. The conference room has its a private balcony overlooking the river. All of the cabins have private balconies or decks. So it, it, it's our way of saying, okay, it's, we want to give you the comfort that you expect but we want you to get outside. In fact, of all the amenities that we do provide in the cabins, you will not find a TV anywhere <laughs> in the cabins. I like that. Um, yeah. We've got high-speed internet. It's you know connected through um, some uh, fiber optic cables. That was our compromise between you know not giving anyone a TV, but allowing them to connect to the internet stream on their own devices whatever yeah might have um, been cheaper just to buy the tvs <laughs> <laughs> but beyond the structures uh we've got outdoor spaces to provide a little bit additional flexibility we've got a yard with picnic tables we've got an upper meadow that's wooded um, back in the back of the property that overlooks the river the greenway system you can even see the biltmore estate uh property mm -hmm. and the exit um road it's you know like i said it was an exercise in space utilization yeah if i described all of that and you didn't know that we had 1.8 acres to do it in, right yeah you'd be shocked yeah um, and I, I think you know the the overarching idea was just to connect people to the place so joe hears me talk about the sense of place yes. all the time yes. so there's a there's a hotel here out of um Austin, Texas, named Liz Lambert, and I followed her. She she started El Cosmico in Marfa, Texas, this rad campground property that just embodied this bizarro West Texas town that was art, culture, and then, you know, rough ranchers. Um, and so, you know, sense of place is something that I try to talk about with what we built. You know, we are in the French Broad River Corridor, Right, and that's been around for a long time. We're essentially at the confluence of the Swannanoa River and the French Broad River. And if you went straight up with the drone and looked, you know, we're on that big oxbow that they call East-West Asheville. Okay. Cool spot. I live there. I'm raising my family there, and I'm excited to share it with our guests when they get there and they come stay with us. You know, we took a deep dive on kind of what this place was before we got there, and it's got this just incredible history right so it was a it was a trade corridor to begin with so we're talking end of the 1800s or you know 
just after this war. They're moving cattle, everything, pigs, all up and down out of Tennessee down to like Charleston. Okay. And so they're following the French Broad because it's flat. And they had all these kind of crazy um, stands that they you could come rent a room and then park your herd of cattle underneath this stand that you stayed in. Wow. Yeah. See the connection, yeah. Yeah. And so that that's what it was, you know, kind of turned, like, so that's 1900s, let's say. And then if you fast forward into, like, I think it's the 60s, there was an airfield in Carrier Park. I can see that. Yeah. It was called the Lewis Airfield. And they flew, like, little tiny planes in and out of there. Okay. There's some stories about a big plane landing and, you know, what a scene that was. <laughs> But there's a couple families still in town that were connected to that airfield, and they have photographs, you know, of their family flying in and out of there. Sweet. And on the west end of the airfield, if you look at the satellite image, you can see a dirt racetrack. And so they would race. They would race cars on the weekends at the end of the airfield. Oh, too and funny. Then, and then the airfield closed, and the dirt track was replaced with a blacktop track. Okay. And then that was the, you know, the short track amateur NASCAR track that anchored West Asheville for, you know, I don't know how long, 20, 30 years. So that, you know, that went away in like 2000, somewhere in there. So that was Karen Craig Nolan and Riverlink bought that property. Essentially the Biltmore State shut it down. They didn't want to hear it anymore. So they kind of, they kind of put the right pressure on the right people and Riverlink bought it and they turned it into Carrier Park. Nice. Right. And so that's, you know, fast forward 22 years now and there's a greenway and we're building, you know, this cabin campground outdoor lodging business on this greenway as kind of part of the next phase of this place. river quarter yeah. of the place. Yeah. yeah. And, and my, uh, cool story. My wife was, you know, part of the crew that built that playground on, in Carrier Park. She still shows me the scar from <laughs> one of the power tools that... <laughs> You know, nailed her leg when she was building that 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 park and that playground. Wow! Um, so we've been here that long, and it's just an amazing outdoor amenity for the community. Eventually, our guests. Um, you know, it, it, Asheville is known for a lot of things. It's known for art, culture, music, um, craft beer. It's also known for its outdoor personality, and that corridor has the highest density and diversity of outdoor amenities of anywhere in Asheville. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got all the recreation parks, you've got the river for the whole stretch of it. Um, you've got a number of outdoor centered businesses. Yeah. You've got RV park camping. Uh, you've got a climbing gym. You've got, uh, who am I missing here? Oh, uh, the, yeah. Asheville outdoor center, uh, that was just purchased by Asheville adventure company okay you know they're uh an outfitter over there and uh there's a lot of really cool things happening in that that corridor that are primarily focused on the outdoors and we're just really excited to be part of that and kind of watch it improve and be part of it too and hopefully signal to other outdoor centered businesses that this is the place to be yeah, with, without a doubt. And that whole stretch of the riverfront from Amboy Road all the way to 240, mm -hmm. which will be the terminus ultimately mm -hmm. to the 100-mile Fontaflora State Trail. Yeah. So you've got that in your backyard. And 
on the other side of the river, they're building that new pathway underneath New Belgium Brewery. So that'll all connect. I mean, That's it's almost just done. It's almost done. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing all the development and mm-hmm. in a good way, I think, that's going on down there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's all gelling right now, you know, but if you rewind, you know, Karen Cragnola and, and a lot of the people that put the work in a long time ago, Wilma Dykeman, you know, that plan has been around for a long time. When we were writing our business plan and doing our research and everything, I sent Joe the PDF of the Wilma Dykeman plan. It's huge. It's like, I don't know, 30, 40 pages. And, and the first thing he did was he read the date on it. What was it, like 92 <laughs> or 91 or something? I was like... And is this still relevant? Is you it even relevant? And it was an awesome question, right? right. Yeah, absolutely, it's relevant. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. We are in there as a as a business that you know the river development wanted to attract. Of course, not us, right? But they wanted businesses to come be a part of the river corridor redevelopment. Yeah, nice. That that plan has been like in hibernation, you know, until Asheville was ready. And now it's just everything. It's taken off. Yeah, it's taken off. And we're so lucky to have, you know, partners like Riverlink, um, you know, to help us develop that corridor. They're they're leading the charge on that that park across the street. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be amazing. Oh, absolutely it will. Let's um, track back a little bit mm-hmm. to the actual cabins themselves, talking about some of the uniqueness of it. Mm-hmm. And I've had the luxury of watching you all, some of the reels that have come across on Instagram, yeah. just kind of watching this from from afar. Uh-huh. Uh, and then obviously driving by it, seeing some of the, the progression. But let's talk about the inside of some of these cabins. Mm-hmm. And, and as I understand it, there was some repurposing of some of the, the, the trees that you, you cut mm-hmm. down. And, and there's a lot of things that you were able to even use this as a as a sustainable development sort of an idea yeah that's that's a fun question I, I think you know the nice part about having a partner is that a partner can you can constantly challenge one another and so you know these spaces like joe said are 354 square feet they're tiny so every detail got challenged right and if you rewind like to the design and and, and kind of coming up with the idea you know, somehow we pushed off on A-frames. They're unique structures. I love the idea of the mountain range yeah. look. You know, you ride down Amboy and you're looking at them and they're this jagged mountain peak that you're looking up and the hillsides behind them. That's kind of what I fell in love with. And then building them, you know, we were working with a friend of ours as an architect, Brent Campbell. We designed them. And then as soon as they were designed, there's the builder's question, which is how do we efficiently build 16 of roughly the same thing? So we took that design and we had it, manufactured in a SIPS manufacturing plant. So SIPS stands for structurally insulated panels. And essentially we had it engineered so that each cabin came in pieces flat on a tractor trailer truck. And then they were assembled on top of those stilts. Um, And what that did is from a sustainability standpoint, manufacturing in a warehouse is extremely efficient Mm. and there's very little waste. So when they're trucked in, if you were looking at one, it would look like a, like a wooden ice cream sandwich. So it's OSB, big, six inches of styrene foam, and then another piece of OSB. And so when you click them all together... Particle board. Particle the, board, yeah. <laughs> and when you click them all together, what you've got is a really insulated, tight structure. And okay. so once those walls went up, I mean, the first time we went in them, you know, and kind of like 
Joe took a picture of the space. I was like, hey, take a picture of me. I'm littler than you. It'll make it look big. <laughs> you know, but it was a it was a pretty, you know, big moment and in, in, in kind of the, you know, the birthing of the project. Yeah. Um, and then so, you know, fast forward to where we are right now and, you know, you're digging in on like what are the things that go in the cabin. Yeah. The wood that we're using to build all of our furniture, so our bed, bookshelf, uh, countertop, and closet, all came out of Camp Greer down in Old Fort. Oh, cool, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so there's a guy down there that runs, he's the executive director named Jason McDougal. Yeah. And he texted me. Wasn't he a, a yeah, guest yeah, on yeah. your show? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Old Fort Project. Shout out to Jason. Yeah, yeah. no, what kidding, up, kidding. So Jason, you know, randomly texted me and, and kind of read my mind and said, hey, I've got 200 and some boards of two by six oak, uh, two by eight oak. Would you be interested in buying it? Heck yeah. And so I bought it a long time ago, way before we needed it, and it's been stacked under my deck <laughs> at my house. And um, we put it to use. So we, you know, we repurposed it in a few different ways, and it feels really special that you know it came from a camp. Um, it was part of a barn. Yeah, cool. Repurposed barn wood that mm-hmm. uh, we, we had somebody we were giving a tour of the cabins uh, yesterday. And uh, I was showing him the wood. I mean, it's beautiful wood. It's hella thick, mm-hmm. um, really heavy. Um, and you can see that kind of in the middle of all these big boards, it's smooth. It's darker. It's beautiful. It looks like somebody kind of just, you know, for hours and hours every week would polish it. Wow. And I said, no, that's a horse's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was rubbing its butt on that wood for that's decades. Right. That's right. And that, you can't, it's not easy to get. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's really special wood. I'm super excited that we were able to put it to use. Um, and, you know, that example, the SIPS panels, you know, using kind of materials in a sustainable way is just kind of part of our larger value to build and operate as a sustainable business. Um, You know, whether it's, we won't have bar soap, we uh, will have compostable packaging on our uh, coffee in the cabins. Um, It's our way to kind of run sustainably Mm -hmm. uh, because we want to be connected to the outdoors and the outdoors are connected to nature. And if we're not operating in a sustainable way, we, we, we would feel like we're, you know, we're not connected mm-hmm. to yeah. nature. Or, and, or, and or being responsible. Yeah. yeah. You know, being responsible to nature. Yeah, the other thing you referenced is we harvested a lot of the trees, all the trees that we took down on the property. So we had, the, we had these steep slopes, and the steep slopes had these really beautiful trees on them. But in order to make the slopes safe, so mitigation, um, we had to bulldoze the slopes and lay them back. And, as, you know, you had to take all the trees down yeah. to then lay the slopes back. So when we took them down, we sent them out to bee tree hardwoods. And it took about a year, but we had them, you know, sawn. That's the first step in the process. You actually saw the logs and the big slabs. And then they air dry and then they kiln dry and then they mill them. And then you get back your wood and, you know, milled tongue off with tongue and groove is what we got so the floor of the canteen in the lodge is a mixed species hardwood floor 
that all came right off the property. It's super sexy. It yeah. is so cool. All the different colors. I haven't seen this in person, by the way. Yeah. It, but just. Yeah. It's you, walnut. It's maple. It's cherry. It's oak. Mm-hmm. Um, a little it, bit of river birch. It's it. It's so good at telling the story. Yeah. Of, you know, the, the wooded personality that stood there before we were able to mm-hmm. build what we're building. And yeah. We just, it's another yeah. way for us to kind of build sustainably and tell the story of what uh, was there before we got there. The place. The yeah. place. Now, will you all have any kind of marquees or little markers or anything that sort of explain any of this? Or maybe it's in the the lodge? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have signage all over the place nice. that kind of explains why we operate the way we do so that people aren't looking around for a bar of soap and going, oh, where's my bar of soap? The right. hotel has the bar of soap. And we say, no, we, we don't do it that way. We're gonna, we are gonna have pump soap so that we don't waste things. And so there's a little bit of education that happens about why we operate in a sustainable way and why you won't find some uh, amenities and you will find others. Uh, also the story of how we built the place and you know whether it's the the hardwood floors or the um, barn wood with the horse ass rubbing, <laughs> you know, it, it, we're going to try and educate folks because we think that uh, telling those stories is pretty powerful. Uh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, sort of an interpretive, you know, tour of your, the, of the place they're staying. And yeah. I think it makes it that much more special. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. And there's some other touches in the cabins that are worth giving a nod to. So, you know, we, um, have a poster on the South wall of all the cabins and it is the fishes of the French broad. And so crooked Creek holler okay. is a fly fishing shop in West Asheville, kind of up on the top of the hill above us. So a mile away. And that's run by a guy named Danny Reed. And so Danny Reed did a collaboration with this really rad artist out of Pennsylvania named Eric Hinckley. And Eric drew, hand drew all these species of fish that are in the French broad. Oh, wow. So you can look at the poster and kind of see that, you know, all these things live in that river that you're looking at off of your balcony. Um, There'll be a couple other like local artists that we'll plug into. And then, you know, the countertops that we made were made by a friend of mine who's a local woodworker he works at a foundation studios julian harris and um you know there's just those i like there's a lot of beautiful elements of of this project but i think the thing that's the most romantic for me is this idea of like you you start an idea and you get it you've got a vision or you know you want to build this thing and and you kind of get it to a place where that's that's maybe the apex of what you're able to do, you know? And so like Joe's partnership with me definitely, you know, help push it further forward. Right. And then if you kind of lay that idea over like all of these details that we have to, that we want to share with people and put it in these cabins, so the countertop, you know, so we just give this wood to Julian and Julian gives us back these insanely beautiful, you know, 50 year old Oak countertops. Wow. Wow. And there's so many there's so many examples of that like throughout the project and I think, you know, that to me is like uh, kind of what makes it a community supported project and you know what feels like that it feels like it reflects Asheville for that reason. Yeah. That's a great segue actually. So the places that we have around here are remarkable and that's why so many people come. That's why we live here too, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, but 
let's talk about how you all are tapping into some of those other local resources, mm-hmm. maybe some guide services that are out there, some other local companies, because you all have a way of two, two, two different ways on your website. I think you have mm-hmm. the experiences way, which is more, you know, curated from y'all. This mm-hmm. is what you can do. This was this what's around here. But then you also have this section where you can have the true experiences. Mm-hmm. And that is with other people. It's with mm-hmm. other third-party outfitters or, or whomever they may be. So talk about how you tied that in and how this will sort of complete that whole Asheville, Western North Carolina type of experience. Yeah, yeah. Joe put that together. It's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. Um, so there's two ways we're doing that. It, you know, One is our recommend, recommendations as locals. We've lived here for over, over 20 years. And um, you know, we feel like the folks that are coming here don't necessarily need to know about the hundred hiking places because they can only get to, you know, two or three of That's them. That's right. Nor the hundred best places to eat or go drink or, mm-hmm. you know, the attractions. So we, we curated kind of our, our list of recommendations as locals and put that on a map, uh, you know, um, Explore Asheville has their version and it, you know, it's a map of really all the attractions in Asheville and it's awesome. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a great resource as well. So shout out to uh, Explore Asheville. Our version is much more curated. So we've got a similar type of map view uh, and you can do filters on what type of activity or attraction do you, uh, are you interested in? And then we, you can further filter by, how do I get there? And that's either by walking, by biking, or by driving. So you can kind of filter out the attractions. Maybe it's hiking, maybe it's biking, maybe it's getting on the river that are within walking distance or within biking distance or within driving distance. Um, and again, we didn't put all the hiking destinations, not all the breweries, not mm-hmm. all the places to eat. It was just our kind of, you know, top five, top 10 as locals yeah. recommended to our folks. You know, it's, it's sort of a self-serve concierge service. So yeah. you can kind of go, go to our website to do that. The other way is, again, you know, being a small location, we aren't able to provide all the experiences to our guests the way that we would want to. So we had to partner with a lot of experience providers. We want to minimize the barriers that might be in front of folks to figure out who to go with, what types of activities are available. So we um, are partnering with local experience providers, be they uh, tour operators, outfitters, and other similar types of experiences. And you can link out to those things through our websites. So we provide kind of a, a, a listing of those. Then you can click into them for sort of a summary, you know, duration, price. Uh, how do you get there? And then if you want to book one of those, you can link out to them. When you do book something, they know that we sent you kind of thing. And that's our way to kind of connect you with what we feel are the best providers in each of those categories. So it's, you know, it's rafting, it's zip lining, it's canyoneering. Uh, if it's something more local, we've got Lazoom Tour Bus, which is a great one. That's yeah. a, we, I've done that three or four times as a local, and I still love it. And a, a host of other experiences that uh, we would both recommend and um, you know feel like we've selected the best provider in each of those categories. Yeah. Well, that must feel good, too, for the people who are those providers, knowing that you 
reached out or they reached out or somehow they connected with you all and they became a part of your website, a part of what you feel like are some of the, the top places and the top groups to, to lead some trips. So Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, we're, we're the new kids on the block, right? A lot of these providers have been around for years, some of them mm-hmm. decades. So. Yeah. Um, French Broad Outfitters is one of them. Yeah, yep. Fr- French Broad Outfitters, French Broad Adventures. Yeah. Uh, actually, I was a, I was a guide with uh, French Broad Adventures many, many, oh, many no years kidding. ago. Okay, uh, they're going to be great partners, and we we love them. So, uh, and I know um, Shelton has a connection with uh, Green River Adventures, so we'll yep. have uh, inflatable kayak trips uh, down with those guys. So. You know, again, it's just us trying to lower the barriers to getting outside. That's yeah. really the intention is we, you know, we certainly want our guests to have a good experience while they're staying in the cabins, in the river lodge, on the property. But we feel some level of ownership and accountability for their entire trip, you know, being here in Asheville and want to make sure that that experience, that total experience mm-hmm. is a positive one as well. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you just from the outside looking in that it's definitely positive because you can go somewhere new and you can have the list of 100 best places to go, best drives, all that sort of thing. And all of a sudden there's like paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And it's like I'm sitting right. in my room going, I'm so tired. I don't even know what to do now. You know, and so you've you definitely helped to to drill down and to narrow that down for people, I think, to make some some choices. And I was looking through them and I, I was this morning. It was last night. I mean, they're. It's, it's pretty amazing. You probably sold yourself a little bit short because it's not just a list. I mean, it's a great look, a picture. You have a lot of really good information. And then the link to mm-hmm. the actual website is, is pretty amazing, too. Yeah. And yeah. they all work, Thank too. You. All your yeah. links work. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our backyard, Mike. Yeah. That's what's so rad. Yeah. It's all right there out the out the front door. You know, we there is this kind of idealistic version of people traveling and staying at wrong way where they don't get in their cars for the whole weekend. Right, because all of that, you, most of that, you can connect to by walking out your door. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because one of my questions was going to be, mm-hmm. and I know the answer is probably everybody, but maybe not. And that is like, who's the ideal person that you're looking for? Like, who are you trying to tap into? And again, it's probably everybody at some level, but mm-hmm. but for those people that, like you say, they may not want to get out of the car, and they don't have to when they if if you come there. There's so much you can do. To your point about you only have but so much time in a day or in a weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and you definitely have the, the ideal place. But when you all were thinking about your ideal customer, the target audience you're going after, who were who you tapping into? Well, you know, the, the obvious answer to that is outdoor active, right? We're, we're outdoor centered. So I think the obvious attraction is going to be those folks that love the outdoors. They love outdoor activities. They see that the greenway is right across the river or right across the street. The river is right across the street. I can access all those activities really, really easily. I'm going to go stay there. What we found is we've got this kind of special special sauce, which is we are at the intersection of the outdoors and the urban, right? We're, we're a gateway to both things. That's a really good point, yeah. We, we, we are accessing activities that are outdoor-centered, but, you know, maybe if you're outdoor curious, not so much outdoor active, you also can go access all the, the shops and the, the restaurants and all those other urban activities that act, that Asheville has to offer, which, you know, draws plenty of folks as well. Mm-hmm. And we think that, you know, there's going to be plenty of families, uh, young families, that kind of have a mixed level of comfort and interest between those two domains, the outdoor and the urban. So we're going to be something that can be 
you know, something for everyone, right? Whether you want a heavy outdoor experience or a heavy urban experience, um, we we can make it accessible yeah. to, to everyone. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, literally ride your bike to New Belgium, you can paddleboard to the wedge. I mean, there's <laughs> that's kind of this... You know, sometimes breweries do, for those of you that yeah. don't live in Asheville. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 neat to connect by the river and by the greenway. Yeah, like we, yeah. Joe and I try to do it. You know, once a week, we have what we call a board meeting. Okay, where we literally, literally get on a paddleboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a funny story. We were um, kind of kicking off our partnership and getting getting things going, and Joe, Joe will admit to you know a corporate background right it came from oh i thought that wasn't gonna come up. yeah <laughs> too late and yeah. so, so so we were you know we were gonna have this board meeting right and i was kind of picking on him i'm like you know great like you know you can have an agenda like you're literally gonna like duct tape the agenda for our meeting on the paddleboard don't so tell he, me he did it he did it <laughs> and, and the agenda was no agenda Oh, there you yeah, go. Let's see. I, I did it. It's like one of our first Instagram it was posts. Hard. It was pretty it was fun. hard, but made yeah, me awesome. made me laugh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the when we were kind of coming up with what is the personality of this business going to be, um, river life was something that stood mm-hmm. out for us. You know, how do we drive home beyond just being across the street from the river? Um, that we want to share the river life. And so, you know, it, it kind of expresses itself in different ways. Like our event space is called the eddy and our uh, conference room is called the boardroom. Um, so we've got a few of those kind of tongue in cheek ways to express the river life in our business, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's other ways like, you know, just adventure, relaxation, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of things that the river means to us. And we, we hope that folks will stay with us and figure out what the river means to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, everybody comes to us at different levels. Going back to that, are you outdoor curious or are you, are you outdoor active? It, I'm not sure what the wrong way is going to mean to everybody. Right. I think it's going to mean different things to different people depending on you know, where your comfort level and your interest is. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. a nod to the name. A nod back, to the name. Backstory on the name. We yeah. have to cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do that? We should. All right. Right on. So we, that name references the fact that the French broad flows the wrong way from south to north. And Joe can give you his raft guide version. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of his stories that he used to get bigger tips when he was a raft guide. <laughs> yeah, we, we always said, how do you know when a raft guide is, is lying? And then the, the answer to that is that their lips are moving. The, but part of that, is, you know, one of the stories we would tell is that the French Broad is one of the only rivers in the world, along with the Nile, that flow from south to north, right? It's the wrong way. So that, that became the name. Um, we said, you know, okay, do we really want to name the business wrong way? But it's one of those names that sticks with you. Yeah, it does. And it also has layers, and it makes people ask the question, where did that name come from? Um, so it's a, a bit of a mystery. It's a, it's a nod to the river that's right across the street. It's um, another way to express the river life. Um, and uh, it also, I hope is a nod to our unconventional approach to 
lodging and hospitality. You know, this this is in some ways a new category uh, of lodging hospitality. We're trying to pull the best parts from kind of the more traditional categories out there, whether it be the outdoor personality of a campground or the professionalism of a hotel or the independence of an Airbnb. And even, you know, could be argued, um, you know, access to all those activities like a resort would provide. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to, you know, steal some of the best parts from all those traditional categories to create a new category. And, you know, we, we've run into plenty of people early on who said, what are you doing? You know, that, that, that's not the way to, to do a campground. That's when you know you're on the right track. Exactly. <laughs> you, that's not a campground. Well, it's our interpretation of what a campground can be, but yeah. you know, it's what a campground can be in this location. That's right. In Asheville, right? Um, you know, we activated it in a very different way, the the wrong way. Yeah. You know, as we've moved along, some of those same people that we're questioning are now fully on board. And when you when you get to see what actually is built. I think we're going to, you know, make a make a lot of fans out of the naysayers. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So, I know this is really important to you all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we probably have infused this and it's been a thread that's run through it. But ha- people coming and having these transformational experiences in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. I know it's huge for for you all. And maybe that ties into some of your raft guiding, just your own experience of being out in the outdoors. I know we mm-hmm. all have experiences of how much they've changed us and they shape us. Yeah. But what are you hoping that somebody walks away from? So when they're on their drive home and they've left wrong way, right? what do you hope that they're talking about, thinking about, and really kind of dwelling on? Uh, I definitely would like to answer that. I have this real romantic kind of, you know, best case, this is success. And that is, it goes back to my sense of place comment, but like this, this idea that that people leave and, wrong way is their place in Asheville mm. and they want to share it. And so when, you know, their friends ask them, how was their trip? They say, we stayed the wrong way. It was amazing. We did these things and all those layers kind of together, you know, give them ownership of that place. And then they want to share it. You know, you guys should stay there. Hey, we're going to go back next year. And, you know, that's like the, the best case is, you know, that we have a lot of these repeat customers they're, this is their summer trip that they do, mm-hmm. um, fall trip, and that, you know, this is their place. Like, they have a little bit of ownership because of all those experiences, the laughter, the memories that they made there. I grew up going to a summer camp, and, you know, that was it for me. Like, that was my place. Yeah. And I still take my kids there. My daughter's at the same summer camp right now. Awesome. You know, and it just, it it's, it's part of me. And so, you know, in a best case, I feel like, that's what people take away good that they own a little bit of it i love it yeah i love it i for me that i love that answer it is romantic um <laughs> you're so romantic oh gosh he is. He's, he's the I'm emotional like romantic <laughs> one on, on the you guys logic, can't see it it's know, a podcast <laughs> but um for me you know transformational is a big scary word um but i really feel like the outdoors can do that for folks so there's two ways that, I, you know, success for me as people are leaving, uh, I would hope that they've learned a little so- something about behaviors 
and how they can change those behaviors to be more sustainable. But also, you know, if we can get those outdoor curious people that said, I would, you would never catch me dead in a tent or the traditional campground, you know, outdoor activities, no way. I'm hoping that we can attract kind of those mixed families and the folks that said no way to the outdoor activities say, okay, maybe, you know, and maybe they will do more outdoor activities when they get home. Hopefully they will come back and do maybe some different outdoor activities. Maybe they, you know, tried biking on the greenway and maybe next time they'll go rafting in the French broad or kayaking mm -hmm. on the French broad or yeah. something like that. So I'm hoping that it opens their eyes to what the outdoors can mean to them and they'll do more of that. But also that connection translates into uh, being more responsible and accountable to nature, our environment, and changing their ways and uh, their behaviors in a more sustainable way. Yeah. I, that's a great answer too. I, I, I mean, both of those are, are spot on. And, you know, I think about these people, uh, families that half of the family may be very into it. They grew up doing this. The other half said to me, camping is, you know, my hotel. Right. And so now you have the chance to merge the two together. And what's beautiful to me about this is that, yes, you can go do the outdoors, but you can go, tr uh, my wife and I, we've, we've gone down to just downtown just to do the walking tour of all some of the old buildings, you yeah, know? So there's something yeah. that you can do down there that is urban, uh, that you're still together. You're still out. And maybe if somebody gives a little bit on a walking tour, maybe they'll, the other half will give a little bit on a, on a hiking trip or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. paddling or, or something. And, and, you know, if you are that mixed family, you know, stay for three days, four days, five days, and then everybody can kind of do their thing do their thing yeah uh and uh it gives we we kind of again back to the point that keeps on being brought up but we give you access to all those things so it's yeah. it's easy um but yeah so we're coming up on are, are we within 30-day window now at this point or getting close to that 30-day window you think today's july 1st and we're we're, we're targeting august 1st august 1st so, so. Yes, sir. It's coming. I, I use the the phrase aggressive manifestation. <laughs> oh, that's the other that, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, we are we are manifesting that. I mean, there's two levels here. We've got to, you know, complete the construction to the point where we can get a certificate of occupancy, and the 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 general contractor can turn that thing over to us so that we can operate it as a business. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing is just operating it as a business. So, yeah. you know, th there's a lot to be done uh, to construct the thing. There's a lot to be done to stand it up and be able to operate the thing. And there's, you know, some period of transition in between those two. Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So um, we're hoping that as quickly after the certificate of op occupancy is delivered, we can start uh, operating but right now you can go to our website and book a cabin september 1st and later mm -hmm. um, we are very close to opening up dates in august okay. so as we get closer to feeling comfortable that that august 1st date is going to be realistic and mm -hmm. you know that transition period is going to be you know maybe a week or two weeks then we'll open up some dates in August. So we'll make sure that everybody knows when that happens on social media, our email list, mm -hmm. all those communication platforms that we use. Um, 
and we hope that everybody will come check us out. Awesome. Um, speaking of checking us out, you know, we, we haven't really talked about um, guests versus community. Yeah. Um, yes, because. Yeah. Uh, so our River Lodge is open to the community, okay. to the public, right? Uh, we've got the canteen, we've got the lounge, the the cafe bar, and the retail store. Those, those things, people can come and, and check us out. Um, we've got food, beverage, grab and go beer, shade, shade, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's kind of a greenway, greenway pit stop. Yeah. You, will, you know, you got, right the, you got the hangry kids, you pull in with the stroller and yeah. we got you covered. Yeah. yeah. And do we want to mention anything about our food program? Sounds like it's ready? pretty special. Let's okay. do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, you go ahead and sure. Shelton, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, Joe and I, from the beginning understood that we couldn't have a kitchen, right? There's a lot of moving pieces in this project and we needed to make sure that we were operating, you know, a a cabin campground first. Um, So we were going to have coffee and beer. Those things, I have a background in the beer industry. They feel like they're in the wheelhouse. I have a food background too, but it just didn't feel like we were going to be able to pull it off and have a kitchen. So we've been kind of searching for the right food provider someone that can make you know sandwiches salads pastries you know kind of breakfast lunch and dinner for an all-day cafe deliver it to us and then you know that's what our guests and people in the greenway community pop in and grab a sandwich and you know stave off the hangry kids and man we just caught the biggest break we could have caught we there's a a lady in town named ashley caps and her husband is Travis Schultz, and they're this kind of power- dynamic duo, man. Dynamic chef duo. Wow. Yeah. And they said yes to being our our food provider. So yeah. Ashley's got a background, a couple different restaurants in town. She worked for John Fleer at Rhubarb. Um, she worked with Elliot Moss and opened helped Elliot open Buxton. She was their pastry chef. Cool. And when she was doing that, she actually got a, a James Beard nomination. That's uh, awesome. Best pastry chef in the country. And her and Travis had been doing kind of a to-go food program. They did it through COVID where they made meal kits for families. Oh, cool. And on Thursdays, you'd get all souls and pick up your meal kit. And I did that a handful of times and kind of talked to Ashley and emailed her and shared the story. And we kind of stayed in touch. And so just recently, um, we kind of locked our whole program down joe and i got to eat their food and it was a it's amazing fireworks i mean i'm still <laughs> dreaming of that pastrami sandwich. wow yeah. that says a lot it, yeah no it i'm not just talking it up because it's going to be in our river lodge it's good food yeah and so it's kind of super excited to share that kind of takes us to the next level because of the caliber of the food it's you know this local couple that's making it for us and they're very connected to the local farming community they cool. use all local ingredients and it's seasonal so we're an outdoor business right the seasons dictate what you're able to do outside same goes for the food that we'll be serving mm-hmm. super good people too that's cool they're great people now when you open will the lodge in the canteen the whole operation be up and running the same day that you have your first guest come in is that synergistically going to sort of work up or match up yeah absolutely good yeah the lodge is the anchor for the property okay 
Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll be up and running all at once. All at once. And you're hiring. And we're hiring. Yeah. yeah thank you for that plug. Yeah. yeah. What are you hiring for? Uh, so we're hiring for essentially guest services positions. They're all the, the same kind of positions. We're going to hire a very small team. So everybody kind of is leaning on each other and we're rotating through the responsibilities. So, you know, one of the responsibilities is obviously cleaning the cabins, light maintenance on the property. And then we also have um, a staff member in the River Lodge, um, you know, behind the cafe bar counter Mm -hmm. selling items, uh, helping folks with, you know, where do I go kind of questions but everybody on the team will kind of rotate through that those responsibilities so we're not going to have like a a cleaning crew kind of river lodge crew because the team is so small um we're rotating every every through those responsibilities to keep it fresh Mm -hmm. um to make sure everybody knows what needs to be done on the property and shelton and i are also going to be working those uh shifts as well so that kind of there's an esprit de corps mm-hmm. um, yeah. on the property yeah one of joe's kind of descriptions for this position is you know be a guide right mm-hmm. so everybody's a Perfect. guide they're they're always going to be you know whether you're cleaning the cabin or you're behind the bar you know you're telling people what you love about Asheville. you're asking them questions to help them understand help you understand where they they want to go and what they're looking for and their their experience while they're here and then you get to share. That's so we're huge. looking for people that like to share. That's uh, that's yeah. actually huge. I didn't even think in that category. I know that's a Mass General. We've had them on before, and that's mm-hmm. a huge part of their ethos is when people work there that they are truly a partner of it. And so mm-hmm. I had a chance to be up in uh, Valcrucis at the store there yeah. and just listening to the people talk. I just I knew that because we had already recorded our episode, but then just standing back and watching it happen, mm-hmm. um, not to over-romanticize it, but it's really cool when it does because those people are completely bought in. They're your ambassador. Mm-hmm. That's the best salesperson that you can have is that person who's stoked in, about this area and wants to share all about yeah, it too. I so. listened to that podcast it was a good one. Well, good. Yeah. 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 Well I done. mean, we, I reflected, you know, it's been many years since I was a river guide, but I reflected on what it means to be a guide, a whitewater rafting guide. And there are so many skills that go into being a r- good rafting guide. There are so many responsibilities that they have as it, as someone that is a guest on one of those rafts, you can have a good or a bad experience depending on, you know, the raft guide. And, and I've experienced both sides of that. Yeah, and the yeah. other one does not feel good. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, you know that uh, in some ways this person has your life in their hands, but also your experience in their hands, you know, as good as they are about, you know, telling about the history of the area or telling bad jokes um all that goes into Mm -hmm. that experience and there's a lot of responsibility hopefully our friend our our owner friends over at french broad adventures aren't listening to this (laughs) you know all the raft guides are going to ask for raises (laughs) later but uh, there's a lot of um responsibility placed on their shoulders and we just felt like being a guide kind of um, exemplified the the traits and the skills that we want in our staff, mm-hmm. um, because again, we're we're not focused on just the experience the guests have while they're on the property. It's their whole experience while they're here in Asheville, mm. and that 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 takes a lot. Yep, there's a jobs tab on the website. Send mm-hmm. us an email. Yep, come check us go out. To the, go to the jobs 
section on the website. Yeah. And, uh, and it's wrongwaycampground.com, right? Yeah, that simple. That can, simple. Can you believe that that URL was available? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> with a, with a name like that. Yeah. Well, that was the other reason we selected the yeah. name. We knew we weren't going to have any problems oh, there you securing go. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a lady at a counter one day tell me that it sounds like a horror movie. I was, I was at the tile store. <laughs> yeah, I told her I was like, "Well, okay." Uh, well, we we knew that not everybody was gonna, you know, agree with it. But I always say, "I dare you to forget it." That's right. I don't think you can. <laughs> no. Oh, that's so cool. Well, guys, again, I appreciate you coming down. Heck I yeah. can't wait. I've got to get out there and do a tour myself. I, Please. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, come on down. I've been watching it from afar, and I know you've been doing them, and I just didn't want to be a, just one more add-in, so yeah. um, whenever no, it feels you're, good. You're very welcome. That's yeah. a great conversation, too, Mike. Yeah, thank well, I, listen, I thank you guys. Best of luck to you. I, I love what you're doing. I, I've loved everything about it. I'm glad it finally worked out for us. I know we've been trying to pull this together now for a while, so yeah, glad we can make it happen, guys. Thanks so much for being here, and I wish you both the best of luck. Yeah. Right on, Mike. Thanks, Appreciate Mike. It. One of the coolest things about producing the podcast is the people I meet, and Joe and Shelton are the real deal. Two former whitewater raft guides turned trailblazing entrepreneurs, building a place for the outdoor curious and the outdoor active to experience one of the most beautiful areas, not only in North Carolina, but the entire United States. That's pretty special. Be sure to visit wrongwaycampground.com and check out this one-of-a-kind place. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It certainly was a blast recording it. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with all future episodes. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and email me at mike at explorationlocal.com if you ever have any ideas or recommendations for future episodes. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local.